Are you aware of your full potential? Do you know what human beings are truly capable of? Welcome to the Unleashing Human Potential podcast. Through meaningful conversations with extraordinary speakers, you will be equipped with the knowledge, mindset, and tools that you need to unleash happiness, fulfillment, and success in your life, business, and leadership endeavors. It is time for you to reach your true potential. And now, your host, Carl Hakon Rodland. All right, all right, all right, guys. We are here for another episode. Welcome to the Unleashing Human Potential podcast, guys. And today I have the big pleasure of talking to what I would call the definition of a young, ambitious, high-achieving leader. Leaving her home country of Greece at the age of 18, Sophia quickly started to build her work and leadership career from scratch, working four to six jobs while being president of several student initiatives and running events with over 300 to 400 people, including mental health support and suicide intervention to running the entrepreneurship department of the university. She has been the president of the DUSA Union, a six million pound charity with over 350 staff where she was running the whole organization, had her own team of seven vice presidents and six support staff, was a member of the university board of directors and oversees a budget of over 250 million representing 17,000 students. Sophia is now the co-founder and chief commercial officer at the Hatsi Phylax Group, where she has been responsible for turning all services digital and the lead of partnering up with Willow, a leading virtual recruitment software company. And if that wasn't enough, she's only 25 years old. (laughs) Now, Sophia, welcome so much to the show. It's a immense pleasure having you here and i have to say you have an amazing breathtaking resume and i'm 25 myself and i'm sweating by reading this and it's even more so yeah welcome sophia it's good to have you here thank you so much carl i wasn't expecting this long introduction (laughs) but thank you so much for having me it's been yeah i don't know i don't have any words to say (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know it's uh when you're just on your grind and 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 you have your goals and you have your ambitions and you just go for it and hearing about your story like moving over to 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 the UK at the age of 18 you know i'm just so extremely excited about diving deeper into your story and having you on the show today and really tapping into you know how young leaders can unleash their leadership potential and grit are you excited no, I'm, I'm super excited. And honestly, one of the comments I can say is that I think since, especially for young leaders, one of the most important points to begin with is to actually decide that you're going outside your comfort zone. Whether that is at 18, 16, 20, it's, I think it's the first step to actually decide what, is, what you want your life to be. And it's, it's just the first step. That's, that's what I did. And I know many other people do it as well. It's just the sooner you do it, the easier it is for you to actually be able to um, make a change and actually like fulfill what is your destiny, as I call it sometimes, <laughs> or just put just the grind and just make it happen. 
A hundred percent, you know, like stepping out of your comfort zone, I feel is the first step because if you stay inside of the bubble, you, you're going to stay complacent. You're not going to go anywhere. You know, if you want things to change, you got to change. And you have been through so much at such a young age. Why do you think that is? Um, so my, my father gave me one advice when I was leaving from Greece and it was, nobody knows you over there. So show the world who you truly are. So the first day I stepped in Scotland and I said, okay, I'm going to try out everything I possibly want. What's the worst thing that can happen? Um, I might just not like something or I might just say, okay, this is not for me or I might just fail. But unless I try, I won't to figure to figure out so i just said i'm gonna go all out and whatever happens happens and this is where it took me just it just i was like i'm gonna take more things on more things on but i had one rule to begin with i would never want to do a thing that i don't like so even when i was doing six jobs i enjoyed every single one of these jobs i had to take full advantage of every opportunity that came across my way and then my mindset was go full out give it your all and worst case it might not be for you but I didn't want to do things I didn't like. So that was like my first thing. I'm going to try everything I like. So, and I liked a lot of things as you might have figured out. <laughs> That's so awesome. Like having your dad telling you that. And wow, I'm thinking how many young people could need a fresh start. Yeah. And it kind of sounds like a blessing that you had that, that you're like, we're going to put you in this land of opportunity and we're going to drop you there. And nobody knows you. So you can create your life, which is essentially what you did. So what do you think other than that shaped you in becoming the person you are today? So I'll be, I'll be brutally honest very early, I guess, in this podcast. (laughs) Um, So my parents are very much into personal development as well. And my mom has been teaching me quite a few things as well. So I've been, I've been lucky now from a very young age to be able to read books or to be influenced by people like Tony Robbins or Dan Locke, or I can keep on going and dropping names. Um, but I've realized even if you're exposed to such like role models in terms of, you know, unleashing your potential and being able to be your, your true self and everything you like, it's all about you as well is how much you decide you want to give to the world. So Another thing I have, another mission I have is I want to help as many people as I can in this life. It's something I'm, I'm very passionate about. I used to do it in school. I used to do it everywhere. So I was like, okay, um, how can I help more people? If I stay just in my room, <laughs> when obviously now technology is everywhere, so you can help in different ways, like your podcast. But um, if I just stay in my, room, in my room, I don't try, I don't meet other people, or I don't just try to influence decisions that I feel like are not representing what I want to see in the world, I won't be able to, to do anything. So I just was like stepping out of comfort zone, try and show you the true self of who you are, pick up every opportunity and honestly give you 150% because sometimes even 99% is not enough. If you want to reach your, you know, what you actually want to achieve in this life. So I just, I just went, I, what I told you, all out, all out or all in, whichever way you want to take it. <laughs> That's that's so extremely powerful. And I I mean, you must be so grateful to have had that upbringing and have those parents that 
guided you in the right direction because you know it's interesting to think about a lot of people never even get exposed to the world of personal development and and see what's possible for you as an individual if you put if you truly put your mind to it and 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 you put down the work and you strive to make the world a better place and like you're saying how can i help other accomplish their goals how can i make the world a better place how can i lift my surroundings up instead of dragging them down that's so extremely extremely powerful and that's also what this conversation is trying to do over this podcast it's also helping out people who might not you know they might be on that last stepping stone of you know truly doing it but i think what's extremely powerful about you is that you had this so early because it's really easy the older you get and you get stuck in those habits and the old thought patterns, you never truly break through of that. And can I, can I make a slight comment here? It's not like everything is great and everything is like clear blue skies and you never like stumble upon or you, you fail. Like honestly, before I went to Dundee, so before I left for Scotland, I tried three times to go to Italy because I thought my... What, where I was meant to go was Italy and I was heartbroken. I wasn't even going to go to Scotland, but I said, I'm going to give it my all and try whatever, you know, um, universe or my destiny is meant to take me because I was heartbroken. I want to go somewhere else. And then life completely just dropped me to Scotland and I had that career. And it's, on, it's not only because for people that are listening as well or watching, um, it's not only about where, like, okay, I had my parents take me until one point, but after one point, you don't have your parents or you don't have support because you're in a different place. For example, I was in a different country. So it's about what you decide you want to do, who you want to become. Because even if you haven't been exposed to personal development, you need to realize that at some point you're leaving, you know, whatever happened, happened. It's your choice who you want to be today and tomorrow. And you cannot just keep on, you know, wallowing on okay you know this and this happened in the past no you, at some point you need to grow up no matter how old you are to be able to step in your new direction what do you feel is the biggest thing that are holding people back so i have a favorite quote which is from coach carter because i'm a basketball fan which says and i've quoted it to many of my speeches actually um, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. And I truly believe is people are scared of their own potential. Because uh, personally, I think that society at points is just dragging us down. Not that we're not good enough, but if we get very good, people are not going to start liking us or people are going to be trying you know, to take us down. So I genuinely think people are scared of how good they can be. And that's why they don't, they don't just make the jump. In my eyes, that, that's what I've seen. Most of the times it's not that people are not capable. It's actually they're very capable and they're scared of what people around them are going to say as well. And how if they stood up, what's, what's going to happen to the rest of the people? I'm going to stand out of the crowd. Will the crowd, you know, eat me or will they support me? And it's just, it's a, it's a big conversation about yourself if you feel like, you know, you want to make that jump. 100%. It's like the first the first um, episode I recorded, I was talking to Greg Santos. You might know mm-hmm. him. He runs the Morning Hustlers and stuff. And yeah. he basically said the same thing. It's it's themselves. You know, w- w- what's stopping people from doing the thing? It's yourself. And I and I love I I love the way you're describing and taking that quote from from that movie. Right. 
it's it's not the darkness it's the light that scares you because when you're when your tree is growing and it's growing and it becomes a, a really tall tree you know it's in it's in that top it blows a lot like like that's where it storms that like when you go out of the comfort zone and you challenge yourself and people see that that also triggers something within them and they're like oh like this 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 is a bit uncomfortable like like why do you have to do this and i i thought so much about think if everybody could just let go and stop giving about society and stop dragging or like holding each other down in instead of just like lifting ourselves up and be like yo you want to do something hell yeah i'm gonna help you do that let's accomplish that thing together you know what i feel sometimes people also forget i absolutely agree with everything you just said but i think sometimes people also forget that if you actually are this you know stand tall tree taller than everyone else you actually sometimes inspire other people to actually do what is good for them and i think we always forget because we get exactly we get scared of our own light as i say sometimes that we actually forget that our light can actually lift others as well because i have a, a very small example that happened the other day i posted on my instagram story that I went for a run while it was raining because I said my, you know, my new year resolution is I want to run almost every day. And, um, and one of my friends just texted me. I haven't spoken to her for like six months. She's like, you just motivated. I was looking out there. I was thinking, I'm not going to go for a run, even though I really wanted to. And I saw you go on a run during the rain and she said, I'm going. And she texted me after the end and said, thank you. I did it. And it's great because no, we, we don't accept excuses. But sometimes we forget that actually when we take a first step that scares us, it will motivate others. It won't only drag us down. It will motivate others to do the same thing on their perspective. And that's not bad. That's actually very good. It's exactly what you mentioned, lifting people up. Yeah, wow. 100%. Like bo- bo- both of you and me are like massive personal development jerky, yes. uh, ju- junkies. So we're like sit- <laughs> sitting here like, yes. You're so right. And, but, you know, I want to add on a quick, a quick thing there. Cause I feel that a lot of people look at, you know, Tony Robbins or, you know, they see this um, the documentary he has, I'm not your guru. And they, and they look at that and they're like, like, you can't relate to it. It's just too much. It's just too abrupt. It's just take control of your life and like all of that stuff. Right. But, you know, the path of personal development also has its challenges. You know, you can't go. It's like, it's almost like if you've seen the matrix, right? It's almost like taking the red pill. Once you've seen it, it cannot be unseen. Once you see that, well, I can, if I take full ownership of my life, of my thoughts, of my actions, of my emotions, of how I react to the world, then there's really no limit to what I can accomplish. And that's where that light you talk about comes in because that makes it scary, but it's failing, right? It's, it's, you have to fail. Failing is first attempt in learning, right? (laughs) Very true. So I'm, yeah. No, no, honestly, Oh, if I tell you how many times I've failed, <laughs> like things or projects or things, nothing, like nothing comes easy a lot of times, you know, you have to put up the hard work or when I was doing all those things, or even now I like during Imperial, we had to come here. We, we had to have, handle COVID at the same time we had the company. I have the company with my mom and it's, 
we just there were not there were weeks that we would work I would work for like over 80 or 90 you know hours per week because you had to finish school but at the same time you want to run a company because you you know you want to produce something you have clients you have people that are relying on you and students it doesn't come easily or you don't you lack sleep it's not always you know healthy but you need to make sacrifices as well it's not only about say you know it's, it's not only about um failing or not but it's about making the jump to make those sacrifices for yourself for your better self, the future, for the people that rely on you. So absolutely, it's not, it's not an easy way. I just think one characteristic I have, and I recommend always people slowly build it if they don't have it, just to help on those times is positivity. Mm. Surround yourself with positive people. It, positivity doesn't mean being oblivious to failing. There's, there's a very big stigma around being positive. Okay, I don't see when, you know, um, I'm, a ve- I'm, I'm very positive. I have a lot of positive vibes. I'd like to spread positive vibes, but that doesn't mean I'm oblivious to when I fail, when things are not going my way. It's just about trying to think it from a different perspective and being able to say, okay, I'm feeling this did not work or I have to put on a hundred hours more because I'm not good enough for what needs to be done. But okay, I'm not gonna like start, you know, I'm not gonna self-wall and self-pity. It's part of deal with it and move on. Most definitely, Matt. Like, yeah, I'm vibing 100% with everything you're saying. So to the people who are listening to this, you know, it takes time to build that capacity that you have right now to finishing a degree while you're working and getting so much stuff done. And you're also making sure to get sleep in there. You're also making sure to get to get workouts in there but has it has it always been like that was it like boom suddenly you're just this goddess of productivity like like what's the tangible things people have to realize to get to where you are today oh how i wish it was that easy (laughs) like i'm not gonna lie there so one key word is resilience right but resilience um, at least for me, I hope people like, you know, are born with it, but it's, it's not, it doesn't really work this way. And to build resilience and resilience to what it means to you, right? Because me and you have different projects. So in my perspective, you need a different resilience in your projects than, than I need in mine. Um, so I didn't, I didn't have resilience. I thought I did. And then in new projects, you're like, huh, no, not really. I need to work harder or different. Um, it's something I've been working on the past seven years. It's not something I, I had. And to be realistic, many times I failed or I had what everyone tells you have a work-life balance or try and balance everything. And I'm not going to lie, like the first time I got my full-time job, so before president was vice president, I gained so much weight because I was full on on work. I was trying to fit in. I was trying to accomplish all the things I've had in my plan. And then I realized that, okay, I, like I, I gained weight and that was, it was just because I wasn't paying attention to my, to my personal life. And I was focusing more on work and delivering work and stuff. And then at some point you need to realize this will happen. I don't know whether it's weight for you or whether it's just, you know, not seeing some of your friends. It depends on, on different people. For me, it was, it was getting weight. Um, and that's okay. The thing is you need to be able to realize and to be able to say, okay, how can I pass that? So how can I pass that obstacle that is coming in right now? How can I actually become better? Okay, this time, first time, full-time job, Sophia, you're doing a billion things at the same time. Okay, 
you learned this time, okay, you cannot control everything. So you gain weight. Okay. Let's put a full stop. Doesn't mean that the, everything I tried was not worth it. Doesn't mean that, you know, um, like I'm not good enough. It means I need to fix this next time. So it's a bit, for me, resilience is about learning, reflecting and becoming better at it. So now I know, okay, now I work a lot of hours, but I have priority that I want to do gym one hour a day, even though we're on lockdown for like nine months. You know, that is my goal. Um, so for me, resilience builds on goal setting and on improving every time after every project. Do some reflection and see. Step by step, you see what are your weak points. Everyone has. You will be naturally good at some things. Like I was naturally good at focusing and doing the work that I'm very passionate about, but then forgetting about myself, forgetting about eating other times. So <laughs> level, okay, let's level it up. How can, I, how can I bring balance into the things that are my weak points? So everyone has their own weak points. And I think that to start step-by-step, step, you have to focus on your weak points and improve them step-by-step. Step. It's not going to be easy, it takes time but about recognizing them. What is, it, what is it missing from the puzzle for me to be as good as I can? And then just keep on building on it. Because every project, every harder project, is going to bring a new weakness out that you didn't know you have. So, okay, let's work on it. Let's become better at it. And that's how I, at least I've managed <laughs> to, to, to manage time and at the same time, my sanity <laughs> in everything I do. Um, but yeah. Yeah, most most definitely I can 100% relate to that. And, you know, objectivity is so important because if we go through life, it's just like you're saying, if we go through life and we take everything personal and we get stuck in this emotional roller coaster and, and we judge ourselves when we're not able to, to finish off 10 to-dos we're supposed to do, one like that's that's the thing I've done a lot is, is setting my standards way too high during a day. And I actually get a lot done, but then I, I'm so hard on myself because, oh, oh, I didn't do that one thing, you know? And like, I like the video game approach to it. Like if, mm -hmm. if we look at ourselves from a third perspective, like you're playing yourself on the screen, like the character doesn't judge himself or, or, or herself. If he's sitting on the couch and eating Doritos, it's like, that's objectively, objectively what you're doing. You're not leveling up. Your health points are going down. You're not being productive. You're not earning more cash in the game. You know, like that's just what happens. Just like you're saying, it's so powerful. Just being aware of what you're doing and being objective about it and take notes and just starting. Yes. You know? I think starting is the hardest part. Let's be honest. I don't think, I don't think continuing the journey, it's actually starting and making the first step. Um, so yeah, and I think this is where goals and passion comes in, actually. It's like what motivates you at least to do the first on, you know, the long story case that is at this front. But unless you have, you have a goal or when you want, where you want to uh, go, it's not going to be helpful for you to be able to actually make it. Um, one thing we say in all our seminars for the people that are listening and training and stuff we do in our um, and one of my things my mom says all the time is that Michael Jordan, whenever, whenever he wanted to go from one game from, you know, making like 30 points to 40, he would never go straight from 30 to 40. He would always go, okay, today we'll go from 30 to 31. And then next day from 31 to 32. And this is how you make it progressively to make like 40 points in a game or like during practice. 
So that's like, that's one of the best advice that has been like following me every time because I have the goal. I see the goal. My goal is 40. Great. But in order to get there, if I make a jump, I might just fall. So let's build it up. So it lasts longer and I can do it more sustainably as well in a sense. That's so powerful. Sophia, I totally agree. Let's, let's talk a bit about your company and the awesome stuff that you guys are doing. Hatsi feel like, is that, is that how you pronounce it? Yes, it's, yeah, Greek is like Hadzifilax, but yeah, it's, it, yeah, right. Hadzifilax group, yeah. Awesome, and you guys do a lot of cool corporate trainings, you do consulting, you do seminars. Tell, tell me a bit about how you guys help your clients out. So, okay, a bit of background in the story. Um, so the company was created after my mom decided to leave her big corporate job because she had a very big corporate job and she wanted to do more freelance and be able to help more companies uh, accelerate. Uh, the thing we're experts, at least in our market, is customer experience. So we're going to big companies from 500 people to 3,000. We even have a client that has 25,000 employees and you create basically a model around how to create an experience for the customers. And that doesn't mean just a service base, but actually like something unique in a way that you remember them forever. (laughs) And it comes always from culture and from the heart. It's nothing that you make it just because you want to tick off a box for a client. Well, that's one of the biggest projects we, we run for companies. We tailor it for each company in our consulting and training as well. Um, we do a lot around HR and soft skills because soft skills and leadership skills is something people are lacking or actually it's not that people are lacking is that technology and the generations that are coming into companies have changed so much from 10 years ago that a lot of people currently need like upscaling or changing a bit like changing their skills or advancing their skills, making them more current. So our training and consulting focuses on very practical things. We don't believe in theory. We believe on things that you can start off from today. Like after you speak from us, after you do a training with us, uh, then you can straight away go and use them. And that has been what has been working a lot for us. During COVID as well, we changed, uh, we decided to take a step further and that was like one of the initiatives I run, which is Willow, something you've mentioned. So we decided to partner with a Scottish company and this is where my Scottish background also helped a lot um, to bring for first time in Greece, pre-recorded video interviewing. So you can pre-record video questions, surveys, anything you can imagine within companies uh, from HR to people have even used it during COVID to check the mental health of their employees working from home. So it can be used for anything you can imagine. And we were the first ever to bring pre-recording video interviewing in Greek as a software, as a platform. And it's been going quite well, actually. It's been, it's been quite a nice experience. We've been working with Willow for over nine to 10 months. And we've seen a completely different change in the digitalization and how you actually, how companies can save time by actually recording things on video than just writing emails or being on phones and stuff. So it's been, it's been quite fun. I love to hear it, Sophia. So like the Willow part is like, I think the whole, everything you're doing is so exciting, but in relation to Willow, do you feel that the, the, the recent pandemic has sort of boosted the need for virtual recruitment even more or? No, it's a very good question. Honestly, it was, um, we were ready to do this partnership even before COVID hit, but the moment COVID like 
escalated. It just it just completely changed uh, the whole game. It's not only about virtual interviewing, but it even progressed Willow as a platform. We saw it from our clients in Greece as well and all over the world because Willow is in 135 countries and we're their exclusive uh, partner uh, in Greece. And we saw that literally people were like, okay, how can I use this tool to actually save me more time or to bring me more close to people? People started thinking out of the box because they couldn't literally go to places due to lockdowns. So they were like, instead of me sending a video through a WhatsApp or through an email, can I literally use Willow, for example, to check on my employees, as I said, or to check, to collect, we even did the project right now with Businesswoman, so the, the Greek Businesswoman magazine, and collected Christmas wishes from everyone through Willow, and we'll just publicize it now from big CEOs all over Greece. So you see that because of digitalization, because of COVID, it forced people to think out of the box, how can they save time and how can actually video become a media of communication that is a basic, that is standardized now for companies. It's been quite interesting to see the shift because before that people wouldn't use videos in companies as much or maybe just live, but now virtual recruiting has changed a lot with people using pre-recording because it saves time everyone it doesn't matter what uh, time zone you are everyone just you know films their video whenever they have time and the recruiter sees on their time but at the same time we've seen that people have taken the idea of pre-recorded video and implemented it in everything they needed it to just be able to be closer to people and also save time so COVID have has pushed a lot of countries to digitalize and companies in a way that I don't think if we didn't have the pandemic, I think it would happen in like three years or five from what I've seen from our clients. That makes sense. It's an, it's an interesting era to be alive. Um, I was reading uh, a case and they're saying that almost 85% of all information on the internet next by 2021, 2022 is gonna be through video. So I was like, okay, wow. It's like, it's completely, the pandemic has already shifted the way companies do job, do the whole work from recruitment all the way up to uh, checking employees, checking facilities and everything you can imagine. Yeah. Wow. That's really awesome. So for Willow as a platform itself, you've, you've sort of, you guys are mainly in, in Greece, right? And in Cyprus. So that's the market you guys specialize in. So that's the market we specialize, we specialize with Hadzifilax group. And with Willow, because it's a Scottish company, um, they've expanded to over like 135 countries currently. But we work with them on partnerships around the world, depending if, if we're involved in the project as well. Yeah. But we are the, the first um, company and to get them to even translate that in, in, in Greece. And that's why we specialize in Greece. But due to my background, I, I do a lot of work in the UK as well with the company. 100, 100%. Yeah. So that's awesome. Do you feel that you feel that virtual recruiting is, is more prevalent in, in the West and in countries like UK and stuff. So you're sort of taking this whole new thing because that's really what you guys are doing. You're taking this new thing exactly. to Greece and you're, and you're the, you're the guys who are starting this out. Yes. In a sense. Yes. It's, you'll see that multinational companies have already, they do have video interviewing, um, but it's mainly driven in the US or in the UK, but there's still a lot of market for it, to be honest. 
um, around the world. But what we saw is pandemic completely like shifted the way people were even considering of pre-recorded video interviewing. And now, yeah, we we brought it first in Greece, and it were continued to be in Greek, to be honest. Um, and it's very interesting because people haven't even considered it here, or they've heard it from people that used it abroad. So it's about not only you know having this product, but being able to actually educate people how it can help them and how can they, they it can advance their their life and their choices even when it comes to like recruiting recruiting the most appropriate people, because it it screens out uh, biases as well. It makes you like it. It's not just a CV. So in Greece, people just would watch a CV and then invite five people to come. So you can understand the difference is massive. Where now people can even come face to face with their biases. If for some reason they don't like someone the way they look, they now have even evidence to be like, okay, something is not right here because I know I'm not choosing this candidate because I, I like their qualifications or I, I'm not choosing them because I don't like their qualifications. So it's actually changing the mindset as well within companies and the way they employ. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then also it's about getting the users to use the use the platform as well. So really having exactly. both ends of users and also the businesses to start exactly. to use, use the platform. And, and how has that been going for you guys? It's been going quite well. We actually did a test from 20-year-olds to 60-year-olds to check if they can use our platform and record a video just for fun of it. And it's been going quite well. Actually, everyone loved it. Everyone is very camera shy at the beginning, which is very weird. I wouldn't expect that. But then we've realized that on the second try, everyone everyone just loved taking a video and they realized that it's much faster and they can show who they truly are. So some companies are even using it for video CVs and are considering completely removing CVs as just a piece of paper and just have video CVs as well, because it's more you see the character and that's what counts now nowadays. It's not only if you have the qualifications, what you actually bring to the job as a person. So it's been quite well. It's been quite fun. <laughs> and I, I love hanging about hearing about it. So for, for the consulting you guys do for businesses, what I personally think is so exciting to hear you talk about is how you are you know, also thinking about the new generations and the needs and the needs of the new generations. We, we, I think McKinsey launched a, a report, some research on this a year ago or something about generation C said the, like the millennial generation, like what is, what do we need? And, and we need impact, right? We need, we need fulfillment. We need to feel like we're doing something. Everybody at our age are going to be like entrepreneurs and, you know, we're going to save the world and the environment. And then it would be really cool to hear about how you're actually training these companies out and what you're teaching them. So a lot of, a lot of things we've seen from millennials and, and Gen Z as well is that it, companies that they buy from, they need to have a mission. They don't only need to be sustainable, but they need to have a mission that, you know, the customer will actually resonate with them um, in a positive way. And what we figured out is actually a lot of our clients is not that they don't have mission. They actually do have great mission. They just don't know how to, to speak about it or to make, to make the customer feel like they, they, they can see the value in what they're adding to the world from their, from their side. So we've worked with quite a few companies in actually training um, their employees to be able to embody the mission and what they stand for is not only about offering customer experience, but it's about actually believing in the same company you're working in. And you have that a lot of times, but people sometimes don't feel comfortable showing it. Um, so it's been, 
I think it's been quite interesting because of COVID. A lot of things changed and a lot of people's agendas also changed on how they would like to, to speak to customers. And the other thing I'm going to say is that a very important thing that happened, at least to Greece, I don't know about other countries, is that there is a massive digitalization towards all online retail, which is something we didn't have in the past. Because Amazon, for example, is not strong here. We have a local Amazon online, which is called Scrooge. Um, so it's very interesting to see the influence of things like Instagram, of like TikTok and stuff, while now we're all focusing on online retail, since we are all on lockdown and no one can sell anything otherwise. Um, and the most important thing that we're working with companies right now is actually creating that feeling of like the best friend effect, as we say a lot of times, but through social media, when someone is buying something, but not only because you want to take the money, because you actually value who they are. And I think it's one of the biggest challenges we've seen now in companies, but at least for our customers, we've seen it has worked a lot. I can tell you one, one small secret we say to people, um, to some of our clients, is that you're only considering millennials and Gen Z, but if you want your brand to last, especially for like retail, because we specialize a lot in retail and pharma, um, if you want your brand to last a little a lot of times you need to think of the generation that's coming right now. The kids that are now at age six, they're going to be buying from whatever they see their family buying from. So it's not only about considering Gen Z and uh, millennial, but the new generation is already here. We are almost six generations at the same time currently. So if you want to like your brand to last long enough, these kids are going to have a phone and are going to have buying potential much faster than any other generation before because they're born with iPads and phones and their parents wanted to buy them online things. So if you want to like create a brand that lasts uh, with an experience that lasts, you need to remember that there is also a third generation from the young ones <laughs> that is already in the game. It's not coming. It's already in the game. It starts from the kids that are currently at six or seven years old. And I don't know if you checked last time because we're both at the same age. Last point on that. These kids have a phone before, like I would even consider in their age to have a phone, which is a different conversation. But it just shows how much like all like markets are changing and are shifting for the future we're going into. So it depends if you want to create something long lasting, you need to think of all of these three like younger generation needs. So that's what we do. It's part of what we do. Definitely, definitely, Sophia. I think it's extremely powerful what you're saying right now. And it's, it's you know, it's it's also a bit scary to think about. If you've seen the the documentary, The Social Dilemma on Netflix, you yeah. know, how, how we're growing up with screens in our face and we're becoming these dopamine machines. And now you're giving six-year-old kids like a phone with TikTok on them. They're not going to have attention span for more than half a second when they grow old. They grow up and they go like, oh. They can't focus on one thing for more than one second at a time. And it's crazy to think about. No, that's true. And it makes just one slight point. It's something that even Gary Vee has mentioned and something we've been talking to quite a few of our customers in for the future as well. Um, because You have COVID, but at the same time, because you have internet as well and you know globalization, everything changing, you will have stores now that in order to offer customer experience, they'll have to be so specialized and so different you cannot have the same thing anymore because exactly what you said the attention spam of kids but even millennials even us even you know gen z you see that it's completely different so in order to grab someone's attention in the future you have to be so unique so different and offer an experience no one else can 
So it's something we're working on for some future projects currently. Yeah. And the world yeah. is changing and, and just move on with it. You cannot change, you know, what has happened, as we said at the beginning. It's crazy to think about. I wanted to ask you a bit about the kind of trainings you do and now also with going virtual and stuff. You guys do physical yeah. trainings, of course, for corporations. Do you also do cor- online courses and stuff like that? So we are, yes. So we're actually, so I've like, one of the things when I came back due to COVID was to turn everything we do digital. Um, so we do live web, we do a lot of live webinars. We special, as I said, we do customer experience. We have many levels and it's like a qualification or you, you do like a standard one. We do time management, which I think is something everyone needs currently because everyone is losing their, their, their practice. We do soft skills, anything you can, can imagine from communication. We do leadership and manager because we believe that leadership, when you're in a company, you have to be a leader and a manager. It's an interesting uh, conversation. Um, and we do also for young leaders as well. I do some seminars around young leadership. And we're now we're prepping our courses as well to go English and like on-demand courses as well, English and in Greek. So they'll be out soon, the first ones to come out. Yeah. Awesome. And, and are we, you... We go full out. Always go full out, right? Always go full out. Do you... You got to you... try. You got to try. <laughs> you got to see. Is it, is it also B2C or are you only B2B oriented? So we've, um, we are mainly, we were mainly B2B, but to be honest, we started getting a lot of demand from people to offer B2C because it was something we weren't offering like a year ago. So since the pandemic, we said, okay, we'll open it up to B2C as well. So yeah, we're doing quite a few B2C now as well, even though like we were mainly B2B, but we, because we get so many people from companies, when we get a project, we might train, imagine 600 employees. So then they would come back to us and say, okay, so I want to learn something more. Or it was, it was so practical that I want to see how I can apply it to my life instead of just like my, the business I'm working on. So due to demand, we, we started B2C as well for quite like almost like nine months now. And it's been going quite well as well. So we're B2C too now. <laughs> awesome. So that would be like more executive coaching, executive consulting or all, all, all sorts of people that just want to level up. No, so we do, we do mainly, so we have a program that is mainly for CEOs and executives. Um, but then we honestly, we, we've opened it up to everyone because it depends. What we've realized is we even sometimes get university students because they just want to learn things that the university is not teaching them. Because we don't teach things. And I, that's a, something we very strongly believe in. We don't, as I said, we don't teach theories, but we teach things that we've seen in companies as well trial out in companies and we know it works. Mm. Um, so we even have like in our leadership program, we have people from all ages, to be honest, because you learn how to be a lead, when to be a leader, when to be a manager and quite a few other stuff as well. Um, so no, it's it's open to everyone. We have our CEO uh, concept, which Hadi runs, uh, my mother, who's the CEO of the company. Uh, but we have some younger as well, but I, I do some of the young leaders programs and it depends. It's quite open to everyone currently. That's awesome. learning and wanted to advance yourself so it's up to everyone who's up for that definitely i feel the kind of stuff that you guys are doing are so so important it's so important because it's so easy to get caught up in the numbers and you know everybody's on tech everybody is on programming and uh, 
Tesla and like we're, we're living in this tech age and it's so easy to forget the human aspect of everything. Right. It's, exactly. it's, it's, it's like we're becoming these robots. And my, my, my personal hypothesis is that if you can excel as a human being and work on yourself as a human being, you can even leverage that even more in the future by having those social skills, that understanding those soft skills, the psychological understanding of how human beings work, of how customers work, of because there's a different generation we see growing up today. And it's so important that they also learn how to become human beings. But we don't learn that in school. <laughs> we don't learn it in school. No, it's true. And a lot of them you don't learn in uni either, or you have to do other stuff to be able to learn it in uni as well. It depends. Um, no, honestly, for us, our vision, because we have software, right? We have Willow. So it's not like completely we left tech, but we focus on, on human and we have like human-centric approach. And our mission for us is whoever comes in contact with our services, our people, like our, our team or our technology or any of our products, they'll become them and their company and their and their employees would become better after we leave. So we want to leave a planet better than what we found it. So that, you know, human-centric approaches in everything we've done. And that's one, I think, the key of like why we have so much, we have more word of mouth than actually we're spending on marketing because people see that human-centric approach and it makes a difference. Because even people that are doing all the machines, they'll need soft skills at times. It's, it's one of the skills that they're missing. Yeah. It's, it's, and communication. Yes, exactly. Mm, 100%. So what do you like, how, how are you able to measure results in the services that you provide? Because, you know, there's a lot of corporate managers out there that are very like, for me personally, I'm taking one degree in business analysis and performance management and another one in international management right mm -hmm. and what what i find is that every like in business school everything you learn is about the numbers it's about if you it's good old peter drucker right if you <laughs> if you can't measure it you can't manage it so how are you able to show the the tangible results to your clients are you are you doing surveys are you able to so it's a very valid question. And one thing people will tell you it's on service has, or training or consulting. When it comes to the human aspect, a lot of times there's no way to actually measure success. So for us is the way and the model, how we do our company, because we give practical things. We don't give theory and we, we do practical uh, changes depending upon the needs of the company. By the end of the project, they'll be able to say uh, how much, like a percentage at least of change they saw in their employees or based on customer experience, a percentage they, and on the model we create for them, uh, a percentage of change they saw in sales or the way people are feel like happier in the workplace. So we have some, like a few pieces in place, but to be, uh, to be honest in services and when it comes to, to the human aspect, except if you want to do surveys, but sometimes they don't even feel, you know, personal enough. It's just like, you know, tickle boxes and stuff. Um, it's hard. It's hard to to measure to measure success. But we have a few aspects that we've seen so far are are working quite well for us. Yeah, it doesn't seem like you have a problem on demand. You know, you're just getting a tsunami of of demand after your services, and everything goes by word of mouth. So you know, to me, it sounds like it's going great. 
Yes, no, it's it's going right. I don't know if it's tsunami, it's going quite well. Um, but it's more, it's it's what we mentioned is that for me, most important thing in business that I've realized actually from this company is word of mouth, especially in a you know Greek community, right? We're speaking about Greek community for now because it's Pita Giros, Cafe Frio. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's just it, word of mouth is so important. And the important thing as well that people forget is that you can have word of mouth through social media as well. It's just a different aspect, trying to make it more, um, more friendly in a sense. So yeah, for us, word of mouth is like the most effective way we actually get clients currently. It's been, it's been very useful as well during a pandemic to, to see yourself actually continually growing rather than just trying to just maintain I think it's the time to just break some ceilings. So yeah, that's what we try to do. For sure. And I'm so sure that the work you're doing is really changing people's lives. And then with the knowledge I know that you have about personal development and fulfillment and all of these things, right? You know, being able to bring that to a company, for me, it's like if you... If you do that, there's, and if it's implemented, because it has to be implemented, you can read a hundred books and if you don't implement anything, nothing's going to happen. Right. So first of all, you got to implement it. But I, I mean, having organizations being more aware of the human aspect and digging into that and creating more fulfilled individuals and more engaged individuals. And of course, that's going to increase productivity it's going to increase happiness for the individuals which again will uh, increase the bottom line and the revenues you know but it it increased also employee loyalty and i'm not saying it in i'm saying it in a very nice sense it's different to feel for employees and we've seen it from so many of our customers actually it's different if you feel that your employee that your ceo for example or the owner of the business you're working in a cares about you and actually wants to invest in you because it believes in your future, because that's what training shows to an employee a lot of times. And especially if it's like interactive and different in a way that they can use it in different aspects of their lives, which is something we do. Um, it just, it makes a difference in the way they would come to work the next day and a way they're going to start looking, okay, so maybe I should work hard because I can get that promotion and actually change some things I see I don't like because people are listening to me. You feel more valued. Uh, in a lot, and in a lot of companies, that's something that's missing because people feel, okay, you cannot measure how training can support. But even if you see the way it affects people's morale, sometimes it's all you need to take a company from like one level to 10 levels up. 100%. You know, I, I feel at business school is very... It's very typical that you have the very numbers and finance oriented people and they will tell you that, you know, strategy is bullshit, soft skills, you don't need that. You just need to crunch the numbers and and earn the money, get the money, you know, but it's so yeah. it's so interesting to to hear you talk. And it, have you ever had had experiences with, you know, like, oh, this sounds a bit too woo woo or it sounds a bit too like in intangible for people? Um, it's a very nice question, actually. Um, I'm trying to think. Usually what you get, it, sometimes you might get new clients because they've never had training before. Or they had training before and they weren't what they were expecting it to be. They didn't get the results. It's more that times sometimes would have a, people would have a bad experience with training or with a consulting, with a consulting company. And they'll be like, 
But yeah, I've been burned already once. I paid this money and it wasn't what I wanted. It didn't bring me any results. So, you know, why should I do them differently? And this is where, to be honest, word of mouth helps because people, and that is something I'm learning in business. And like my mom has taught me very well, people talk and companies talk. And if people want to hire you, they're going to go and ask in the market if you're good enough or not. They're going to ask your previous, um, you know, previous customers of yours or current customers of yours. Um, so we, I don't think we've ever got anyone because we are quite practical. We, we never got anyone that was like that, like, you know, it sounds too woohoo and stuff. Uh, but we did get people at times that say that they would hire us, but still, you know, not exactly believe on, you know, the potential it's going to bring or the results it's going to bring. And after a couple of sessions, because we always do reviews as well, they're like, okay, we're moving forward. We really like what we see. So. Sometimes you just need to showcase it. It depends. Um, but it, it's, it wouldn't be uh, professional of me to say we, we never get people like that. You, lo- you always get some different kind of CEO or some different, you know, different mindset mm. at times where some, um, the CEO would want you there, but other people would cons- try and consider, okay, is this what we need right now as a priority? And then it's it usually usually would take you'll have a discussion with them and based on their needs, you know, you try to close the deal. But it's with the human aspect, it it it's a lot of things you need to consider in place, to be honest. It's it's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Who 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 are your most successful clients? Oh, you you wanted to drop name. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to drop any names, nah. but like the the gist of the Yeah, so I'll tell you, so we are, so we're very big in getting retail. So we have retail supermarkets and stuff as well. We have pharma, as I said, we have shipping because in Greece, shipping is a very big uh, aspect of our, and we also get Horeca. So Horeca means hospitality, the hospitality industry means um, hospitality, sorry, means hospitality industry, which means hotels, restaurants and catering because tourism in Greece is something massive, right? So we get this for, um, I can tell you that we had a, a great client in Mykonos because most people know what Mykonos stands for. Um, and we actually had a project, had the had project in a hotel over there over the whole summer to turn customer experience in like a massive five-star hotel, which has like three restaurants and two bars and like a massive beach and stuff. And by the beginning of the summer till the end of the summer, the whole like place changed it was like nights with like singers coming in like you offered a completely different experience but now they're renovated to become even bigger so that's one example i can say like they, to, to become one of the biggest hotels in mykonos i can tell you during lockdown we had one of our clients in retail even though they closed their stores and i don't know how it happened in other countries but in greece a lot of staff were sent home because they couldn't be in the physical stores so we had one of our good clients, they said, you're gonna train first all the people that are in their home because we don't want them to feel left out. We want them to feel that they're part of the team and we're right there behind them. So we actually did trainings for people that were home that were working, even people that were working 12 hours and stuff. By the end of all the trainings, everyone said, please don't leave us. We wanna have more trainings with you. We're learning so much. And it's different because it changes the morale. Even people that were working 12 hours in a store during lockdown, they would just stay motivated to be like, we're waiting for our team. 
to come back. And the people that were home, right, they started buying them coffees and sending them deliveries to the stores and sending them texts like, because we were having these chats in our workshops and said, we are behind you. We know we're in the back, but we're here to support you whenever you need. Call us if you need even just to vent. For, and these people were not getting paid as much because they were not, you know, um, at, at work. You know, they were, they were because, due to lockdown. So it's, it's quite unique to see what actually creating like a company culture that believes in supporting each other, believes in customer experience, believes in like even during a lockdown when half of the team is on the bench, that's how they called it, half of the team is playing the whole game, you are there to support them. Um, and I'm talking about a company that has 600 people. I'm not talking about a company that has like 50. And that happened. And we witnessed that like during the second lockdown. And it was quite fantastic. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. So how, how specifically did you guys make that happen? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> We've, so sometimes when we book projects uh, with Hadzi Felix, uh, we, Hadzi's like, so our CEO, uh, she is, she's the main speaker in a lot of our training. So in that, in that particular case, she was, she was a trainer and I was helping a lot because it's a big client. So we wanted to have it, it's been great. And we've done with them, um, it was three sessions of training. So we would train most of the people, you know but we would get level A, level B, level C. So we've done level A last year in 2020, then COVID hit and we would do level B, but we couldn't do face-to-face. So we started doing interactive webinars. They tested us out. We decided to do level B, even though no one was believing this was gonna be good. And we did so many different things and games and stuff that people absolutely loved it on level B. On level C, we went again on lockdown. So half of the people that were previously, they were all working, but they knew us, they knew who we are as a company because we had done training with them. Um, They were home. So, and the company took that decision and we had this conversation with them and they're like, no, no, we're going full out. Our whole team is doing the training. You start from the people that are um, from home. Suspension is not called like that, but that's like a a way for people to understand that are listening. And we just started having this discussion and you just adjust a bit your workshop to ensure that these people that are home still feel part of the team. Because during a lockdown, when everyone is home and other people are working 12 hours, you cannot just divide the company. This is one, some of the most critical hours. So we had quite a few conversations and we even made them during the workshop to call people that were working at that time. And it was quite actually nice to see. So one thing I would say is action, action, action. Um, that's one of our secrets. I won't give more, but <laughs> I, you get it as a point. You have to make actions. It's not just it's not just sitting there and just wait until this whole lockdown even finish. Even if you're on the bench, you people are playing because then when you go back to work, when lockdown gets lifted, you're gonna be the first person that goes in because these people are tired. And it's about trying to see every perspective and support everyone, especially in time. Hundred percent, and 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 being in being able to adapt you know being being dynamic being flexible you know we never know what challenges are going to face us in the future you know the the world just went into lockdown lockdown like this how did you handle that situation you know did you turn this problem into an opportunity did you look at new ways new opportunities you see so many companies now that you know massive 
um, massive online video companies where it's so much creative stuff going on. And I've seen, I've seen so, so many things that it's probably going to change the way we interact and how everything yeah. is going to go virtual and how, how are you going to engage people over the screen as well is a, is a huge thing. That, so, yeah. We saw, yeah, we saw that there is a very big difference as well. We've became very good at doing like things interactively, digitally through the screen. But to, to tell you a secret, at least from our market in terms of training, first lockdown for people that have never tried anything on webinars or things online just went disaster. We decided to take a step back and then people really, as a company, because we're changing a few things, we had Willow as well. And we saw people really like messing up the way they used to do training and stuff because they didn't know how to go digital. So we decided we didn't go digital the moment everything went down. That was one of, I think, our key like strategy points. We went digital at the right time that we felt was right, not because we saw other competition or other people thinking they can go digital because these people got burned and they're not doing digital, but we're going full on digital. There is a right time for everything. You don't always have to be the first, especially when there is like, not the pandemic, but like, you know, something completely new that people don't know how the market is going to react. Or when you're trying to use new technologies that people are not aware of, sometimes you need to choose your strategy on when to make that jump and not just do it just because everyone else does it. So that was something that was very clear for us as well during the pandemic. It made a difference in the digital world and offering services digitally intelligent very intelligent i i'm envisioning like the um, how do you say your last name i i i struggle so much with saying it that's okay it's skevophilaka skevophilaka perfect skevophilaka it's it's yeah. i'm like visioning the skevophilaka family yes just, just going into the room and you're building this like Tony Robbins, have you seen Tony Robbins, the virtual room yes, where he has yes. like a thousand screens, like all around the, all around this big hall. And he's like doing everything online, like imagining uh, the family going into lockdown mode and like building this thing and just like creating this huge success. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the vision. We haven't reached the <laughs> vibe yet. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Um, but the honestly, seed has been is, planted, Sophia. The seed has that been is kind of true. <laughs> that the vision is there, and you know, we're taking step by step. We'll step get by step. <laughs> no, but we did it. It's true, it's true. We, you know, no, it was because it's only me and my mom like run the business, um, family wise. It was like it was that moment that we said, We're not just following, we're you know, we're doing it the right way. So it doesn't mean it has to be the fast way. You need to, you know, always assess especially when it comes to business, when to do a move. But yeah. For sure, Sophia. So I'm seeing that the time is flying. We're having a blast. Time, time flies when having fun. The last, uh, the last question I like to ask my guests and I'd, I'd like to ask you today as kind of a summary thing is that, you know, what have you learned on your journey about and in sense, what are the key takeaways within realizing your potential in life in leadership and in business hmm. it's a very good question i can talk for hours so let me try and sum it up uh, <laughs> um okay let's go in life right um one exercise i've 
honestly, I've seen it just, it has to do with personal development and stuff, but it's something to, at least for the listeners and something I've done um, in, that combines in my eyes, like at least business and life and a bit of leadership, depending on your point, is to try, which has helped me, right? Is try and write your 10-year plan. It's very well-known exercise, but then try to commit to doing it in six months. So that is something I've tried to do many times. You're never gonna get to your never. You never never say never. You're never gonna get into the the 10-year plan, everything, but you're gonna be so much far ahead. If you try and do this exercise, what you realize is how what things are actually important to you in life and what is important to you in your business. Because in order to even achieve this faster or different goal, you need to re, you actually it makes you realize what's what matters to you. The moment you realize what matters to you, whatever doesn't make you happy in this life, bye-bye. <laughs> Kiss it, bye-bye. It's, it's, for me to have a good life, you have to have people that inspire you around you. Any negativity, for me at least, send it to the bin. People, if it's family, whoever it is that doesn't make you, that doesn't make you happy in a sense, there's no reason for them to be there. That, that for me is where life starts. And also business-wise, have goals where you want to be, have goals, what, what impact you want to make in this world. And that ties in with leadership as well. Um, having high goals, having the right people around you will give you a good life, a good business, and a good leadership. And always keep in mind the people that are around you. You don't have to only to have the vision yourself. Sometimes you have to make other people as well believe in your vision. So even if the people around you are not the best, in a sense, um, you never know. They might actually be. You just haven't explained, you know, what you want to do. And if they're good, they're going to stay. If they're not for you good, they're going to go. So have big vision. Sometimes speak about your vision to the people that you think are going to affect your vision and go positive and have only positive people around you. And please do that exercise of like make your 10-year plan and try and make it in six months, you're going to realize literally what matters to you. And this is where good life, good business and good leadership starts. Actually realizing what is for you, because what's important for me, it's different for you and vice versa. Boom. <laughs> Boom. That was powerful, Sophia. You just dropped a huge golden bomb at the end there. Holy shit. I'm definitely going to do that exercise. It's, it's so true what you're saying about if you can accomplish your goals by yourself, they're too small. Exactly. Exactly. You know? Perspective. Your life, mm. your life, who you want to be. It just You need to put yourself into perspective and not dream too small, exactly as you mentioned. Because if it's only you that are going to succeed those goals, something is not right in that plan. <laughs> Man, Zofia, thank you so much so much for hopping on it was a honor having you on board sophia and you know i tried to google the the company everything was in greek i think i have to learn myself some some greek but is there any other platforms that people can can find you and your wonderful company yes absolutely our linkedin actually our linkedin is in english a lot of it is in english um as well as our, our facebook but mainly our linkedin i think is the best way um, which is Hadzi Filax 
group, but it's okay. I'll just send to you if you can put it on the description to make it easier for people. Uh, but I think our LinkedIn is the best way for people because we put out a lot of content that is in, uh, and a lot of motivational content as well and business content and most of it is in English because we run a lot of our projects in English and they come through LinkedIn as well. So I think that's the best. Awesome. I will definitely put that in this in the description so the listeners. Thank you for can... having me. It's, it was so fun. It was it was awesome, honestly. You're a great host. <laughs> thank you so much, Sofia. I feel the same. It's been an incredible episode and again, thank you so much for for hopping on and sharing your epicness and your story and I think it will be extremely valuable for the people who are listening to this if they take action. So guys, if you're listening to this, make sure you implement what you've learned today go and do the goal exercise i'm gonna do it myself like i'm this i'm gonna do it 100 awesome thank okay you. thank you so much carl for having me awesome see you guys on the next episode bye bye